1.531 explains Daisy Chains. AT Mines are what you need to make up a bunch of Daisy Chains. Can only use them when an SSR's in place. Say for the Japanese, they can do as they please when it comes to Daisy Chains. Daisy Chains. You place them in the pregame setup phase. And you can set them during a friendly fire phase. Or you can do it in the enemy's movement. Yes, the movement phase. Can place them when an AFE enters your hex. They are support weapons. They have PP of one for every AT mine factor. Everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. Indeed, my name is David Kleinschmidt. My name is Jeff Kleinschmidt. No, my name is. We are brothers. Yes, we are twins. It's twin sons of different mothers, and this is the one and only podcast dedicated 100 percent to the greatest game in the world. Advanced squad leader, my friends. Yes, very good. You won. You win the prize. You knew the right answer to that. That's very good. Oh, excellent. And here we are. This is episode 255, I believe. No. 265? Yeah. 265. Yeah. Wow. Who'd have ever thunk it? Yeah. I know some people that did not believe we would ever get this far, and I put myself at the top of that group. We should have took bets. Then you'd owe me a hundred bucks. Yeah, I would. I'll send you a hundred anyway. So it's good to see you, Dave. Here we are. It's it's uh, February first, twenty twenty one. It is. We just had a huge snow bailing out, just for fun. You know those giant. Our snow piles are up to my chest on the sides of my driveway. Yeah. So I put my recycling bin and my garbage bin just teetering on the top of both sides of those snow hills. I want to see that guy's robot arm pick that up and put it down and make it stay yeah oh wait it's just gonna it's gonna be frozen it's gonna fall off and it's gonna crack isn't it probably and it'll end up in the street i'll go take it down after the show okay yeah we didn't put out the we get uh our trash pickup is on monday was yesterday no today's monday isn't it anyway we didn't Mm -hmm. didn't put it out we don't shovel here we're that house on the street that you well, you don't have a sidewalk. We don't. Well, we don't have sidewalks out. Well, I mean, we have driveways, which and we do cut a path down the driveway just wide enough. Yeah. The Amazon delivery guy to make it through. Right, right. And we don't worry about it. We figure if we don't have to go out and we don't need to go out for a couple of days, and I think that's going to melt within the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. 
If not, I'll be calling. <laughs> no, no, it's yeah. I, I, no, but you don't have the sidewalk. Oh, you no. So what do you? Well, we'd have to shovel the driveway. Yeah, that's okay. No one gets mad though at that. People get mad when they're just timid and Thursday night playing Vassal. Says, do you have that people on your block that don't shovel their, their sidewalks? And I'm like, you know, it's only like one. I'll do a whole block. There's just one patch. I have to go to the street or trudge through. He's like, why is that? I'm like, well, mostly they may be elderly. They may they may be, be Jeff. lazy. Yes. <laughs> or evil. And now would be a good time as any to mention that there are lots of ways you can support the two half squads. One of those would be to come to Jeff's house and shovel his driveway. <laughs> the other would be to go to Patreon and subscribe. Yeah, you could do that too. And I'll use the money to hire somebody. Um, yeah, actually, I like it. I'm a little disappointed because last year my daughter was dating somebody who had a snowplow on his truck and would make money in his spare time. Uh, he was a brain surgeon, uh, but he he liked to uh, plow. Oh, uh, wait for real? No. In in my imagination, he was a yes. brain surgeon, and he just did the plowing to help him relax. <laughs> you know, it helped him relax. Everybody's got their thing. Now, last year was great because he would come over and and show uh, him. He, and actually, he would plow. He didn't do that great a job, honestly. He kept chewing up the grass. And well, you have a gravel too. Well, the yeah. other one is okay, but yeah, you didn't put out those sticks. No, we didn't put out the sticks. But like two years ago, I put out the the sticks with the red reflector on it the plastic sticks oh yeah so i went to all the trouble and i put them all out and my neighbor came to visit to drop off uh, something and he drove over three of them <laughs> this is like the day i put them out i just thought okay well there's <laughs> not, not providence, meant. would you call that providence yeah not meant to be it was a message from god that i and should we had, those we had our we had a teacher friend that did the plowing and had the teaching job, which is not uncommon. Lots of teachers yeah, have to sure. work two jobs yeah. if they're not in a better area in a high school. They're not making the money. Um, but he was plowing this house for these people. When he gave them the bill, uh, then he found a note out front. Or, yeah, the, the it was like, hang this out with the check and I'll pick it up. And it had a thing in there saying, we're sorry, these people moved six months ago and we were not sure why you were plowing our driveway because <laughs> he'd come by at three in the morning yeah and they'd wake up and it'd be plow like he only did it like twice and then so he, he let him have it for free wouldn't you run out there and say what are you doing why are you well, plowing? three in the morning i think yeah. they slept through it i don't know okay yeah or like hey some dude's plowing our driveway that's cool they have nice neighbors around here so I got to go out and felt good helping out, plow, um, snow blowing out some of the driveway skirts for some of the neighbors. And You're a good boy. Well, felt good. I have a little more time than you right now. Yeah, and you're, it's too bad your uh, extension cord doesn't reach all the way to my house from your house. <laughs> you probably have one of those gas-powered ones, don't you? Yes, I do. That's still a workout, isn't it? I mean, I've got a neighbor who's got one of these big ones, and he says it's almost more of a workout than shoveling. This, well, no, I would never say that. Oh, okay. No, no, that that lifting and back back stuff. Yeah. But I was really 
pushing it, pushing it hard. And yeah. This snow. Yeah. And, and I, I went out twice. I like the way you do it. You have you wear just the the t-shirt with no uh, sleeves. Yeah. And a vest, like Charles Bronson when yeah. you do it. So, like for Frank Frazetta. Oh, you don't have any of those up. The snow giants and the Frank Frazetta. Oh. No, I'm, I need to change these out. Yeah. By hopefully by next show, you, you can see this winter scene, Hurtgen Forest Patrol, by James Dietz. I don't think he illustrated any ASL stuff, but, um, and then you may recognize the Hakapale way over there in the corner. They, look, they could they could uh, afford to do some shoveling in that. Yeah, they're yeah. out in the snow, and so are these Americans. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in high school, uh, the Frazetta stuff was very popular, and I had a poster of the snow giants, and, you know, they're out there in the snow, and it was popular illustration to have guys with just mm. boots and a loincloth, bare arms, and a sword out in the snow. So my friends and I would think, you know, let's, let's go do that. Yeah, that didn't Did last you, very long. Okay. Did you actually go out, though, for a little Yeah, while? we'd go out. Yeah. We'd go outside. Yeah, look, we're out in the snow. Gee, it's cold out. Yeah, let's go back inside. Yeah, now you only see him at football games and, and it's yeah. dist- storming the Capitol. Yeah. Those. And so as an adult, now I'm willing to be a snow giant, uh, but I'd have to have a thermos of hot cocoa with me. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> leave like the sword. Nice, yeah, like nice warm mug. Like it has that. finger warming slot. Oh, my. It does. What does it say on it? Is it... Uh, thankful, and my wife says oh, blessed. Nice. What have you been playing lately? What have you been playing lately? So, Dave, what's new with you in the gaming world? Oh, what have you been up to? Um, uh, lots of Vassal. Good. And we, I have a game to share with. Um, I did with Dave Timonen. Do you want to look at it now, or, or do later after letters or oh, uh, rules? Other games, um, not much. The the snow, the frost. What's the name of the frosty? Frosty. Uh, Frostgrave. Frostgrave. Yeah. And Aaron went back to school, and I put uh, it away. I, oh, I how was Aaron? By the way, he had COVID. Oh, possibly. he's not. He had some kind of food poisoning. Okay, I'm so, so happy. Yeah, yeah, isn't that a fun one? Now, but you played something else. You were playing with Mike. Yeah, I'm playing with uh, three other guys. We're playing Sword of Rome, which is a four or five player. Right. You mentioned that two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, we're still playing it. We finished up um, two weeks ago, and we decided we'd play it again. So we jumped right back into it last week. We got one turn in before we called it a night, and then uh, we played a second turn, and... So we're going around recording the points, and Mike Lemke, you know, recorded his points. He says, I think I won. And we're all like, oh, yeah, and we're all still looking at our stuff and adding up our stuff. <laughs> it's like, no, no, I think I won. And it turns out if he's playing the Etruscans and the Samites, Samnites, not the, not the Samsonites. That's no. A different group. Uh, but if they get uh, to a certain level, I think it's like, but nine points by turn two, they win. Well, we weren't paying attention, <laughs> at least close enough attention. So that's something I'm I'm still learning as a gamer is you have to read all the rules. It's and if you're playing, of course, the uh, Catan, you just got to get to that ten. 
people can hide the cards where they have a couple extra victory points. Oh. And then you suddenly play those, get that road built, and take that other card from someone else, and it's suddenly from looking like a tie game to, or even like someone else is ahead by three. Suddenly, whoop, one point, two points, three, four, I hit ten first. Yeah. Game over. Wow. Yeah, so we're gonna so we're gonna play it one more time, and I don't know anything about that period in history. So um, I looked up, and somebody recommended a book called *Rome and the Sword* by a guy named Simon James. So I've yeah. ordered that book to familiarize myself with the history, and that's always very. I have a lot of, what's the word? Issues. You know, I go and. Somebody will recommend a book, and then I go on Amazon, and I see all these reviews. This is a great book, and then you see the next review. This is a horrible book. What a piece of junk. So I've probably spent two hours researching whether or not I should buy this book for $5. Just start reading it. That's, that's, that's a New Year's resolution. Spend less time looking at stuff and just get into it. So thank you for that. Well, and this may look familiar because we did play this. Oh, yes. Look at those beauties. Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Hey, there's gargoyles here. There's the evil wizardess, Darish. And so that's on our Twitter feed. I, I keep, oh, I post now our D&D games, too. Models. She's really evil. I, I just think she had a tough childhood. That was fun, though. And your miniatures look great. I like the red background on that. Yeah. Uh, so, did, did you want to do the game I did with Dave? Uh, sure, that'd be great. Yes. Share the. But it was called Oh Heroes of the Soviet Union. It's from Valor of the Guards, and the historical background is there's Dragon Stronghold or something, and it's a building. And we had played a scenario before it, and happened to be in order. We're kind of, I guess we're going, I don't know, in order, but. Uh, and there he had, it was a game where. The Russians had like maybe four squads on different levels and the cellar. And then the Germans just had to make sure they were all broken. And we played that one out. And I th- I think I lost. There was still a Russian unbroken squad in there. They had a commissar, you know, the rally, no, no DM. And then this scenario you're looking at when it comes up there took place in the same building. So Dragon Strong Point, he was a, a Russian guy. That, and I read the you know historical backgrounds on the scenario. That building was rubbled, and you can see the rubble counter on the bottom. Yeah. And they, like 12 or 15 guys, came staggering out of it. They don't give you the half squad. They give you a bunch of heroes and heroic leaders, and all. I think they're all wounded. Whoa! I think I think they were all wounded, <clears throat> coming out of the rubble. And this is historically accurate. They had to get off out of here. They yeah, were what, surrounded. What is their? Uh, what's the goal? What are the victory conditions here? They have it's- to exit at least one victory point off the right side, past the railroad track. Mm. and they have, but they can also get points by killing Germans. So historically, they would sneak up and gut some sentries or ambush a patrol and work their way out. 
So if you want to start the log file. Oh, and this is a night game, isn't it? I'll go full screen. Yeah, this is night. Jeff and I have played a lot of night. I just put the night on. I hope. Can you tell the way? Oh, yeah, but I don't know if that'll show. Okay. Yeah, okay. try it anyway. Yeah, try it. Unless it pops up the way we did it. I don't think it does, so try it. We'll see. It's All right. It's still visible. So the three squads on the left are the German patrols. They have to stick to a street. Oh, I see. Yeah. You can go anywhere they want. So if you just start rolling through. Uh, so whatever, dice rolls, skip the die rolls. We're just going to do a quick overview. Oh, I'm just covering them up with concealment. And there goes some Russians trying to sneak out. And there go the um, Russians. He's got four cloaked, four or five or six cloaked. These are all cloaked. What are the, so these, uh, what's the NVR here, do you recall? Uh, it says they're on the right, too. And oh. um, excuse it, me. The cloaking counters could have nothing in them, or they could have all the guys in them, or just like a couple guys in them. Oh. And so he's going, he's staying, trying to stay out of sight. So he goes two, two, he moves them all out. You can run right through that. Now there's some hidden people who aren't showing up, and he is now adjacent with E to a heavy or medium machine gun and a German crew. Because oh. they, they can ambush. So a heroic guy can take out a crew one-to-one, -one, you know, in close combat. He backed off, or did I thought he kept coming. Okay, yeah, we'll he backed off going. a hex there in advance, possibly. Yeah. yeah. I think he'll go back into it. No, he won't ever. He'll hit the minefields coming up to his right with E. So I got to take off the you know, move counters because they had a line of sight to a unit. I, okay. if, unless I'm playing it wrong and it's a non um, unknown unit, then I got a problem. But we thought we found it was any enemy unit. So here come the patrols. Yeah, you can just keep clicking. The patrols. They have to stick to streets. Ah, okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, that's the only special rule for them. And you'd think this would be kind of Boring, but it was really exciting. It was yeah, really cat and mouse, like well, everything. Felt... You're, you're trying to cut off his uh, exit up north. Yeah, yeah. Very cat and mouse. Sorry, every time you hit that circle red, it moves the board. Yeah. Let me flip it back up here. It's a good tool, but not when it moves the board. And then there he goes. He's just going to go on by. So some of those are minor dummies. Oh, there. He he jumped into your minefield there, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. He, you have to move out. I couldn't get it to unhip. So it keep going, and then he's in it. And oh, that was a nice roll. And it was nothing. He was he had a dummy cloaker. Oh. And I, I think Jeff and I, we looked that up. If you're, you have to pin, no, you have to break the squad that goes in to get that result to then have um, them be unconcealed at night. Oh, okay. oh, there you go. Good. I'm glad that works. Right. So star shell goes up and whatever. And then he's shifting down south and he's getting up north. We're just taking off some no move counters because now I can see into the little areas. That what is that looks gun like doing? Looks over like you there? broke your gun. I think I did, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's the 12, and then shooting at the cloaked across the lit-up area. 
And then he's just going to go ahead and push into turn two. You could, yeah, keep going a little faster if you like. And so I'm so coming could, around and I'm trying to cut him off. Yeah. If there is anybody there, you're moving up next to him everywhere. Ooh, I'm stacking up. Yeah, because I'm going to go in and melee that thing. Yeah, the star shells prevent them from moving without losing concealment, cloaking, unless they just assault move. Even in the open, they're okay. So it slows them down. Yeah. And then he has to reveal. So I'm running. Oh, I revealed the heavy machine gun or medium and ran up the street, set up the two, oh, two mediums at the bottom to cut them off, trying to go off board there. And I have mines down there also. Wait, he looks like he doesn't have much left. There you jump, uh, melee. Yeah, no. Actually, everything is in that hex. Probably uh, won the uh, ambush there. You've got him really surrounded up north now. There, now you can see he had everything in that hex at the bottom. Everything in the north is nothing. Wow. All those wounded heroes and leaders in there. I had a pretty good stack, too. Like a one of the patrols, a couple leaders. Yeah, there you go. A couple some patrols. Couple. Yep. So it seemed about even up, but I think he got the better of me. And then, uh, oh, I think he withdrew even. Yeah, there's a boxcars. Yep. Boxcars on the close combat. More melee. So again, by this point now, the cat and mouse is over. It's just me trying to stop yeah, him. Yeah, right. He finishes me off. But reinforcements came in on the bottom turn four or when you saw a unit so i'm just going to plug that hole in the back everyone runs south you could get some leaders down here you're not going to stray if you're by the road and everything's practically a road okay star shell going off and then yeah perfectly ended up perfect like okay which way you're going to move you're going to have to assault move or Lose concealment and go. And he goes. And then it's just laying down some fire lanes, some first fire. I could not kill any of these guys. He hits, like the, he hits the minefield. I mean, you'd think, you'd think this would be no way. When you rolled a 12, on the, looks like maybe a 12 on the mine effects. Something, yeah. And then he even, I'm like, he comes out of them. I'm like, what? Wait, okay, go, go back. I'm going to take another shot. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's uh, seeming okay with everything. And then, yeah, you can just go super fast to the end, Jeff. Okay. All right. Because he's going he's gonna to move everything in there. Uh, he's going to survive all kinds. You know, you got these wounded leaders, and they're taking wound checks and rolling four, uh, threes or less. They're okay. Yeah. Four plus one, five or six, they're gone. And eventually we'll jump into melee, and I will luckily win it. Wow, you're down to just, you don't need a very big board to play this game. Oh, right, because they were wounded, they could only go three. Oh, yeah, yeah right. So he just couldn't get off the board by one space. Otherwise, he would have won it right there. And then I run down and move the crews down and... He's got little little firepowers back. He, he held off on his crazy. He, yeah, he held off on his first fire, 
and didn't leave Razid. He he thought it'd be better to shoot at a stack later and hope for a yeah. low roll. So yeah. I thought that was a mistake, but that's I yeah. win the melee and that's it. Yeah. Great, great little fun time. Yeah, it looked like Quick. It. very uh, inventive, imaginative, creative. Yeah, and, and again, he we got it out. He said, this looks dumb, just heroes and leaders. And I'm like, well, this Tom Moore, and he's a good designer. Let's give it a chance. And we both loved it. And both of us felt really sneaky and all that fun stuff. Cool. Yeah, that looks like a good time. So that's what you've been playing lately. And we've got some letters, Dave. You want letters? I start. We got a letter from Greg. And uh, who had written to us on uh, some topic and mentioned that he plays solitaire and he had some kind of a roll his own solitaire rules. And so we asked him what those were and he's responded to us. Hi, Jeff and Dave. I've developed my own solitaire rules on the fly. This is the first time I'm writing them down. For setup in this case, the attackers were coming from off board. So I let the defense, I set up the defense first. And then for the offense, I randomly decided on which hex each unit would enter, then moved leaders to the nearest squad because leaders wouldn't enter by themselves. And then for gameplay, to decide if a defender shoots at a moving target, I determine what percentage chance it is to cause a normal morale check. And then I roll a D100 to see if the shooter shoots. For example, a 447 shooting at a moving target three hexes away in the open would need to roll an eight to get a normal morale check on the moving unit. For a 2d6, there's a 72% of rolling an eight or less. So I'd roll a d100, and when it comes up 72 or less, then the 447 fires. If there are multiple squads in the hex, say two 447s, then it'd be a 92% chance somebody would fire at the moving unit because eight firepower needs a 10 or less to score a normal morale check on the moving unit. If uh, both pass, they both fire. If one passes, it fires by itself. If neither pass, then since originally it passed the 92% check, then both fire. So I do this because normally human players will fire as a stack, but occasionally a person will fire only some of the units in the stack to reserve others for other moving attackers. If it's obvious there'll be no other targets and a human defender would know it, then yeah. I just fire the entire stack. The harder to score a normal morale check, the less chance the defender will fire, which is exactly what a human player would do. So it sounds like he's got a nice nice little I, system worked out. I love it. That is, a to me, a brilliant system. Because yeah. you know people, we sit there and go, oh, yeah, three or less, I'm not going to shoot. Right, you know? right. So it's all about knowing the odds. There's a little bit of, not math, but probably keep the uh, the roll charts handy. The percentage. Yeah. yeah, and then his letter goes on and he talks about the tactics. Yeah, as for tactics, well, I'm in my own head, so it's harder to mimic playing a human. To mitigate that, uh, unlike today where I happen to decide to play until I finished your podcast, I'll normally play one phase each night and try to focus only on that phase. What would each side do that particular phase? 
it helps me or keeps me from planning things out and then, you know, working on that, which is a good idea. You don't have a big strategy that you're following through. You just play it piece by piece. It's not perfect, but it's still fun, which is the point. The yeah. downside is doing it this way causes a game to be played over an extended period of time. One half for a complete turn uh, takes a week since there are eight phases in a half turn. So there's no melee. If there's no melee, it's exactly one week. Thus, a five-turn game takes 10 weeks to play. Well, there's an upside to this as well. I get to play ASL every day, if only for a few minutes that that phase takes. The game I'm currently playing has taught me that if I ever do play A14 against a human, probably the best strategy would be Oh, maybe we shouldn't read this. We we don't want to reveal oh. the strategy. <laughs> no. Okay, let's just say his point is he you can learn strategy from yeah. playing solitaire. It's a great idea. So what works and what doesn't. So very yep. nice. Thanks for writing that. Thanks for taking the time to write that up, Greg. And if, if people are interested in this system that Greg is using, we'll let us know. We'll ask him if it's okay, we pass that along and Yeah, there's he has more to it. So yeah. Oh, well, we would like to thank Pastor Muller, Richard Logan, and Milton Von Minden. We have a letter of J and D or D and J. Enjoyed the latest episode. Thought it best not to use uh, C4 in the subject line or Homeland Security might get involved. That's true. We're under surveillance. As a young second lieutenant, in the USMC, I knew a major that commanded a rifle company in Vietnam. He had the USS New Jersey in fire support. He said you would call for fire on Hill 164, and it was Hill 152 when it was done. Do you get that, Jeff? Because they named the hills based on their height. Oh. Yeah, which I keep forgetting. Like, why would they call it Hill 162? And why yeah. is the next one not 163? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah. Never uh, have been in the Marine Corps. I am. He enjoyed hearing the letter from Dan Dolan. It reminded him of the interview he gave uh, about Denant. And we are going to get Dan back on for some detailed uh, explanations of the specific rules in Denant. Yeah. Uh, but that'll be a little while. We're reaching out to a couple other people first, trying to go from the bottom of our list up. But anyway, reminded. Um, uh, now, just to find some historical background on DN11, other scenario in there. Your comments on memory glitches sent me searching for an article I read in Psychology Today years back about a doorways making us forget. The premise was that there was a reason other than senility as to why we forget when we came into a room in the first place. And he, alas, couldn't remember where he put the room. Article. Keep up the work. He says he needs to watch a YouTube episode to see if you're having as much fun as it sounds. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. PT Yonkins. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and D- Jeff, we need to mail those counters to uh, Greg. Oh, okay. The cloaking oh, counters. So I need to get those to, to you. Yeah, we tried okay. to send them to Germany and they came back. Remember. Right. Right. So hexes and soldiers wrote and said thank you for doing these shows. These are all on our YouTube. Oh, okay, gotcha. Another listener said, great singing, posted on the YouTube channel. Yes, and we have had some great singers on our show. They had two F-Squad singers, namely. And Kieran said, happy holidays. And Matt Ramsey found me. 
He's uh, my old buddy. Oh, that and man. I had a, and I had an ex-student also find me. How about on, that? Uh, it's kind of cool because you can suddenly get a random comment on your YouTube page like, Dave, haven't seen you in a while. Another one was, Mr. K, love ya. You know, you were yeah. the best. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of squad leader player is putting that? So. And he says, hats off to the singers for Gammon Bomb. Well sung. That was Megan. Yeah, that was very, very good. She is a gift. And then one from John B. Thanks for reading my letter on the air. I'm glad you plan to check out the retro variant for simplified play. Here's a couple of links to help you learn about it. While I enjoyed listening and reading about complexities like night rules and shipboard artillery, retro is what makes it possible for me to play this great system. Keep up the great work. So we'll put that in the show notes. Oh, John. Yes, I have, I think, two links in there. And what Retro is, is he originally called it Retro ASL. And it was a way to play without another opponent in the game. Now, that makes it quite different than Advanced Squad Leader. However, uh, if you are looking for various ways to play, you now have this Retro version to use all your components from uh, Bounding Fire Productions and MMP and other places. And you have a solitaire system shared to us from Greg. Uh, and the retro, so you could finish all your moves and stuff without having to wait for defensive first fire and so on. Simplified the system. There is a review I linked in Desperation Morale. Great. Run by he who won't be named. <laughs> no, we don't do that anymore. Um so, yeah, there's other ways to try this. Of course, Jeff and I love the full ASL, but, you know, if, as long as you're playing, using your components, having fun. Viva la de France. Yes. Grumble Jones writes and says, about the boards for where the half-squads dare, Hong Kong Wargamer and Zoltan Grouse put the maps on Vassal. Oh. So it should be available for Vassal. Thanks, especially to those two guys for doing that. Yeah. And J- Jeff helped me, shout out, load load up a board for a play test for Alan Finley of Broken Ground Design. Uh, and Alan Hume is doing those a lot. And couldn't get the thing loaded, so quick pointers. Don't unzip it, a file, before you try to move it into your boards uh, yeah. in Vessel. That's what I did. And then um, we... Jeff figured out, take off the bin in this case. Is that a normal case, Jeff, or is that just in this case? I don't understand why it came with the .bin file extension on it, but maybe that's how it comes when you're building it. Oh, okay. That's the build engine. It creates it as a bin file. Um, so you have to take the .bin off before you, uh, when you put it into your boards or it, it boards directory or it won't be recognized. Yeah, and talk about the community, and then Alan Hume, or I mentioned I couldn't figure out how to get this to open in Vassal, and yeah. then John Martin emailed and said, hey, Dave, someone told me you're having problems here. Try this, and talk about just everyone helping each other. It's just yes. so cool. It's so cool. Like, of all. Hands, like hands across the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Years ago, the hands across America. Yeah. 
And then for me, it, it, it was the hand coming in like this and going, stupid yeah. head, stupid head, figure it out. I Not stupid. Not at all. Dave comes from a background of Mac, so where everything just works. <laughs> Except my old computer. Yeah. Uh, my old Mac. Um, oh, there's another one, Jeff. You have anything? Uh Bonsai 25.3 is now available. Welcome to this very special edition of the newsletter of the Texas ASL uh, Bonsai. We received it a little late for the previous issue, but a very detailed and insightful analysis of R05 Men of Steel from the indomitable Rich Spilkey and his partner in crime, Frank uh, Canzolino, has arrived on our doorstep. And I still haven't broke into it, but I'll be getting to it soon. That's going to be a beefy read. Beefy. That's not the kind of thing you're going to want to read while you're also, you know, browsing Instagram and Twitter, et cetera. You're going to want to sit down and read it. For crying out loud, does anybody remember how to do that? Yeah. Practice. (laughs) Yes. That'll be good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that. I know Rich is very excited also to have it out there. And I'd like to remind everybody that the Two Half Squads is brought to you by kind donations from Jeffrey Myers, and who donated just a shot up one deal on PayPal, and our Patreon supporters like FM, you know who you are, Dave Martinson, Jeff Flint, Dave Gonzalez, Steve Ambrose, Zeke, Malcolm Cameron, and Steve Zaccardi. Thank you all very much for your monthly support. Yes, and by being a Patreon supporter, you also get... A- to the head of the line for the coronavirus vaccine. Just write us for details. <laughs> you do get some extra bonsai, re, uh, me reading through some of the old issues and the tactical advice. And I don't know if anyone's out there enjoying those, but I'll, I need to get another one done soon. That's better than the coronavirus vaccine anyway. <laughs> also, Chris B wrote to say, great to hear Nadir, no, Ladder, yeah, Natter is still involved in ASL. We used to play a little bit of face to face. That small world, isn't it, Jeff? Back in the old days, I'm sure. Here's one from Daniel. Daniel Wyndham. Hi, as a new starter, I did a review of Critical Hits, Advanced Squad Leader, Comp Dien Bien Fu. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah, although LBJ liked to pronounce it Din Bin Poo. Did he really? We ain't going to have no Din Bin Poo when we go into Vietnam. That's probably how it's pronounced. It's been so long, I don't remember how it's pronounced. Anyway, please give it a watch and let me know what you think. I have no active social media, so if you really like it, feel free to give it a share. I like that about Daniel. He's not involved heavily in social media. I admire anybody that's... That. Like you, Dave. That's why I, one of the reasons why I admire you. Oh, well, thank you, sir. But I put out. I did a very short listen. So far, oh. I, I, I need to finish it. It was good. But you listened to it. Did you listen to it all the way through? Uh, three quarters. And oh. yeah, he does a, a review. It's fair. And it's got some criticisms and some great praises for the product. I was impressed with the um, components. I hadn't really seen them all. Uh, they did a great job with those for sure. Also, and he uh, has some history. A lot of reading from books about the history of the 
which I like to do in the classroom a lot when I was teaching. So I was impressed with that historical uh, aspect. Yeah, nice. As well as a game review. Uh, hi, Jeff and Dave. Uh, this is a, a little long one here, but um, you probably have a hard time figuring out where exactly Holland is to be found on the planet. But I live there, and each year I select a location for my family's summer holiday. This is seemingly nothing to do with ASL, but no small part thanks to your show. I'm re-entering the hobby. Thanks to ah, you, Jeff. the entry. Good man. Boy, we have got more product sales for a company that won't give us any product to review. So it's appropriate to share just a few rele relevant and recent holiday destinations, such as Zierfomont, overlooking Stomont, Nijmegen, and Grosbeek, one of the Market Garden LZTZs, and of course this year's destination, Bullion, Bullion, Nisedon, and Stone. <laughs> Stone. I thought I was going to have you read this one. I, you're doing so well. <laughs> so, the point is, um, Pim, no sender, takes photos and has sent them to us. And we finally got them up onto a Flickr. Um, yeah. And the cool thing about this is a lot of these match up. I have to add more. So if they're not there, check back later. But uh, look at this here. He has his guide, Richard Tucker. He toured a picturesque area around this French city uh, Sedan, 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 Sedan. Guderian's first and second Panzer Force made a muse uh, crossing. Actual fighting took place somewhat south, and he's got actual scenarios listed, like OB02.247 is from Out of the Bunker, Scenario U, Chance Dune Affair, and a lot of his pictures have the actual like view from hex here to hex there wow as yeah view from this is the view of the farmhouse looking from the american's entrance point on board p you know what well, would be p but yeah yeah so that is, that is super cool to have a yeah. scenario and have modern pictures of what it looks like now to go along with that's cool yeah yeah, so I do have to get up the rest of those, but you can find some right now. And um, that's a very nice you. bit of work that uh, that he did. Yep, Pim Nusselder, Houten, the Netherlands, which yeah. is somewhere in it's, Africa. It's over then. It's in the southern hemisphere, isn't it? Yeah, I think they're all desert battles. So the pictures. <laughs> this is a picture. This is a picture from the wadi, and then all the pictures look the same. <laughs> It's just like every picture, you know, and you're like, oh, wait, is that a little piece of scrub? Yeah. Oh, that's the little scrub. And <laughs> it doesn't sound that good, but it's fascinating. But they're, they're cool. And yeah. of course, he's got pictures of the bridges and the weaponry that's there, monuments. Yeah, yeah very nice. Yeah. So Dave put those up on our Flickr account, and there's a link in the show notes that'll take you right to that album with all those pictures. Very cool. It's time for rules. You need the rules to play the game and put your opponents through shame. They might seem hard, but that's okay. We're gonna learn them anyway. Rules. And now it's time for the rules. Uh, yes, we've got some rules to cover. 
we're almost done with this LC business, aren't we? Indeed, we are. Landing craft. Because, because I'm opening them up now. Folks, Jeff's probably proud of me. Uh, yes. I always try to so thoroughly finish things that when I got to the landing craft notes where it's when it's hit by this weapon, these 15 things happen. When it's hit by this other kind of attack, these other 15 things happen. And I gave up. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty dense stuff. So if you, Instead, there is a chart, Jeff. Did you have a chance to look yeah. it over a little? I'm glad you asked that, Dave. So if you look at the LC destruction table, which you'll find in Chapter G around uh, um, Rule 12.63, right around there. So you can see it's very easily divided up into columns. You just got your you know, target facing and what you're firing at, whether it's armored or unarmored. And... Is it a non-ordnance direct fire? Is it armor piercing with a vehicle target type? Is it high explosive with a vehicle target type or high explosive with an area target type like OBA? Is there residual firepower involved? Uh, you know, is it mines? Because you also, I never thought about mines. They There's, have those water mines on those tetrahedrons. Yeah, right. Now they've got, I couldn't figure this out. There's a close combat column on here. But there is no close combat in LC. I thought through, oh got a, boy. They got a hyphen through through everything. Let's see, they put it as uh, note eight. Close combat by or versus an LC or its PRC is not applicable, NA. I don't know why they had to put a column in there just for that. Yeah, if that's, yeah. If that's all it takes to make a one of these tables, I can do that. <laughs> I may start adding... Hey, Jeff's column to the table for stuff that doesn't apply. Uh, and there's even some blaze stuff here. So under certain circumstances, you could have a blaze on a on an LC. You wouldn't think you could light water on fire, but you can. Yeah, and the good thing about it is you normally won't have everything attacking the LCs at once, like an OBA and a mortar and an AT gun and a... Uh, machine gun and well you have a lot of them but, but you know you won't necessarily need everything so. and if you do have one of those circumstances where everything's going in at once just call perry yeah <laughs> actually call him. call rich <laughs> call rich spilkey yeah he's probably he's got charts more charts in fact uh rich and mike have been playing a bounding fire uh schmidt game that mike struggled a little defending against me course he's defending against me everyone yes. would struggle uh, yes <laughs> so rich has taken that side and mike is attacking now and the one thing he learned already is that he and mine oba's game has gotten very simplified <laughs> yeah so. i thought it was really interesting like you're like he's leaving you guys are leaving stuff out i can't believe that i i was so, just being you know Rich never misses it. Yes. And so, yeah. So I, I was going to reread it quickly and, and go, oh, that, oh, and that, oh, and that, and see if I can yeah. you know, rec recognize them all right away. But 
Quiz show then, Jeff. Four LCs. May you use smoke against an LC and its players, pass, passengers, riders, crew. They usually are in water. There's a hint for you. Uh, I'm going to say no then. That is correct. That That's is correct. Bad. Yeah. Does KC, which is a critical hit, basic to hit to kill number modifier, does that apply versus an LC? Yes. I would think so, too. They're saying no, but they mean in the way that it's applied to tanks. So the next question, does a critical hit versus an LC double that attack's firepower, like versus a tank? I would say yes. No? Oh, oh, because it's in water, which has firepower on everything anyway, doesn't it? Well, this is just the critical, you know, when you get a crit. Oh, okay, okay. The kill number goes from an 8 to a 16. Yeah, right. Saying it ain't going to apply. Now, okay. they must have gas tanks and they must have motors, but but they do this instead. Does it increase by one the number of damage points inflicted when you get a crit? Dave is, and for people watching on YouTube, Dave is nodding his head very slightly to me to give me a hint because he's a very dear friend. I mean, and, yes. And because it doesn't double the kill number, they come up with this other way. Add a damage point. Critical hit versus passengers are NA, except for a a vehicle that's on landing craft or a wreck or a gun that are hit while they're on the landing craft. So passenger infantry, I guess. So I'll read this to you. The following apply only to a landing craft that's carrying any vehicle, wreck, or gun on the landing craft. Yeah. Uh, if, oh, if, if whose target size is zero, neg one, or neg two. If ordnance or OBA rolls an upper superstructure hit versus the landing craft, the latter's owner determines randomly whether the hit occurred versus the LC or instead versus one such vehicle, wreck, or gun. Aboard that LC. Okay. That's if it's above, if it's uh, like a turret hit. Superstructure hit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, the final to hit die roll versus an LC is one greater than the number needed for that hit. Then the original color die roll is, is, uh, is less than its original white. Then one is hit. And then so on and so forth. So I'm not going to read the whole rest of that to you. Is, I wonder if that was on your chart, the hits versus things on it. It's probably in the notes. But, uh, but that gives you, does give you a flavor of all those variables, uh, you know, with these things. So, yeah. And for the people that are not watching on YouTube, I am nodding my head in a knowing fashion as if, of course, I am following along. <laughs> And Dave is just confirming what I already knew. Correct. Does an aircraft machine gun attack versus any landing craft always treat that as an unarmored landing craft? Sure. Yes. yes. I would say yes. Coming in, not going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, an aircraft bomb attack versus any LC always treats that LC as a fully armored Blah, 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 blah. Just go look at the chart. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to skip the collateral attacks, the non-ordnance fire. Those are on the um, charts that Jeff has been referencing. 
and all the residual fire, as Jeff mentioned. I should have deleted that. Gets me down into here. We got a lot of examples in there to help you out. Let's take a look at the um, versus a gun versus a passenger's vehicles. Sorry, Jeff, I should have deleted this. Was edited out. Ah. Jeff referenced the blaze. Whenever a LC is struck by an attack that inflicts greater than or equal to two damage points on it, and whose effects contain an original color die roll of one, that LC is set ablaze. And that made me wonder, is that one on the color die the same as the one that starts a flame when you throw a Molotov? I'm trying to remember. I wonder. If it'd be nice if it was, because then it's the same rule. So, Jeff, can an LC be set ablaze in any other manner than other than getting these two damage points? No. That is correct, because then it would make it a more complicated game. We wouldn't want that. Can a vehicle aboard an LC, a vehicle on the landing craft, like a Jeep, be turned into a burning wreck in the normal manner for whatever type of attack that hits it? Say it again. So a vehicle on the landing craft, can yeah. it be turned into a wreck in the oh, normal yes. way? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, thank, thank goodness. Something's just like the other rules. Yeah. Whenever a landing craft or a passenger vehicle wreck aboard an LC becomes ablaze, a blaze counter is placed on the LC, and for a passenger vehicle wreck set a blaze while in a cloaking box, you also mark it over there in the cloaking box. Mm. Okay. When placed on the LC, that blaze is marked with a pin counter. So I think you, you can have your Jeep burning on the cloaking um, LC, on the LC, but your enemy doesn't know necessarily what's burning on there. What if there was nothing under that cloaking and you got place? No, wonder about uh, you, you don't get the you don't get the uh, empty cloaking. Usually, I think I think all the LCs just have a cloaking box where you just stack up whatever's on the vehicle. Yeah. OK. But anyway, so there's the way you can place the, the blaze. Now, does each unpinned blaze on and oh and later on you put a pin on it because it's the normal rules about turning into a blaze does an unpinned blaze and an lc reduce the lc's movement point allotment no it actually will by one oh. hard to drive with a blaze on board yes and in the advanced fire phase of each player turn it inflicts another damage point so oh. it is burning Okay. And it is going to go under if it okay. doesn't that, make it. Yeah. Does a blaze aboard a non-immobilized, non-beached landing craft have any smoke? <laughs> so it's coming across the ocean. Do you think they would give it a smoke or not? You would and, think so. I but would they, think so. they but won't. They, okay. But when it becomes beached, then you get the smoke to start to rise. Okay. And then if there's a wind... It can go in there later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Elimination. Um, 
Each LC has damage points, like maybe three or maybe five. To eliminate it, what do you have to do? Get three or four or five damage on it. Yep. When it's destroyed in the ocean. Everything goes. <laughs> it all goes. <laughs> it all goes. And if it's in shallow water, you flip it over, and then you can put the stuff on it. Your Jeep and your men. Yeah. Just the LC is destroyed. Can landing craft passengers, riders, crew survive if their LC is destroyed then in the deep water? No. I'm going to say no. <laughs> Can they if they're swallowed by a whale? Yeah. Three days later? Three days later, they get coughed up somewhere. Uh-huh, but it's in someone else's scenario in a random vassal game online. Yeah. So yes, that right. explains where those counters kept coming from, Jeff, in our in our game. Maybe somebody did like we did the other day, Dave and I. Oh, after we're done playing. We we assaulted into a couple of different vassal rooms and without being invited. And we are going to make that a contest. I'll yes. put it in the notes for next time. Remember? Yeah. If we drop in, if we parachute into your scenario while you're playing on vassal, you get something. And um, so, yeah, it's going to be cool. We'll have to. We'll, yeah. uh, if they remain, oh, then can't close combat. Right here, rule twelve point seven. Can close combat attacks be made versus the LC? No. No. And then there's a rule twelve point eight. Miscellaneous. Ah yes. Does a beached LC provide a plus one? TEM or line of sight, like a vehicle? Uh, I Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Does a passenger vehicle, that means like if you have a Jeep on the LC, mm-hmm. can those provide a hindrance or a TEM? Not, additional, not no. additional to the LC, no. No. And then, can you remove the weapons from the LC when it's, like, beached or destroyed? Oh, I think you can if there's an SSR for it. But I, it seems to me I saw an SSR one where it said you could yes, take the heat gun off or something. So, the normal rule is no. Correct. Oh, yeah. Correct. And that, sir, 12.83 REC equivalence. An LC REC is considered equivalent to an undestroyed LC in all respects. If there's ever a question about it. Um, victory points. Is each landing craft eliminated worth one victory points? Sure, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Is it also an additional victory point for each greater than or equal to one still functioning main armament weapon. Yes. Yes. If it's fully armored, is it another point? Yes. Yes. If it's chopped up into little bits by the enemy, is that an extra point? To be sold for scrap. No. No. If it's inherent crew did not survive, do you get an extra point? Oh, um, no. Actually, yes. Oh, you do? Okay. Crews matter if you kill them. Do you get an extra point for each elephant destroyed that was being carried on it as a passenger? 
That's so cruel, Dave. I have a thing about elephants. I can tell you're not a pet owner. You've never owned an elephant, I can tell. No, I haven't, but I want to. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a great gift for Laura? I need an On elephant. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Do you get an extra point for each 50 portage points, fractions rounded up, in its passenger capacity? Ooh, that would make sense. So I'm going to say. The answer is yes. And do you get two extra points for every 10,000 portage points? Fractions rounded up. No. No, you don't. There's no landing craft that big. That is correct. We have finished. What? May casualty. We didn't finish. May casualty exit points be claimed for an LC? No. Yes, Jeffrey. Question from Jeffrey. Um, if the LC has undestroyed good order vehicles on board, do you get extra points for, for any oh. one of those? Um, I only know it's just for the points. You get each multiple of 50 portage points in its better. Oh, portage points that are on it, not portage point capacity of the LC. Shoot, I don't know, sir. Okay. I think because I wrote I wrote that elephant yeah. destroyed question, yeah. <laughs> and then and I copy and pasted. You can't see past the tears. <laughs> I forget if it said each multiple of fifty <laughs> destroyed on the passengers. Yeah. Did it have to be sunk in the ocean? Or yeah, I think you have to. I'm assuming I you have to destroy. For, yeah, I would. I would think it's for vehicles, not just for the capacity of the. No, 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 no. It, no, no. It's the passengers. Yeah, in it. Yeah. In it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if it's if it's ten points for that tank, and then okay, ten points for each jeep, and the three, you know, cause some of those were big. Yeah. yeah. That's the landing craft my dad uh, was the engineer yeah. on in the Pacific. Was uh, was a land. It was a medium. So they did tanks and trucks and plants yeah, and birds and rocks and things. <laughs> I think they did tanks. It was a medium landing craft. It wasn't a tank landing craft. It was a medium. So maybe it was just jeeps and troops. Yeah, there's that are big. So yeah. Anyway, Jeff, I think we're going to be over on our time again, but we'll see. So sue us. <laughs> at least we we don't end the show right at like it's not like Johnny Carson where he just yeah SNL. <laughs> 56 minutes done yeah well thanks for listening everybody yeah thanks everybody we had a good time hope you did too and we've got more shows coming lots more lots more get a couple more interviews and got so much to do still got all this product got an interview coming up two weeks from tonight and so that episode will be posted probably around February 17th or 18th, something like that. Yep. So thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. And remember to roll low. And rally well. But but not not when you're playing us. us. Yeah, just don't do it. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dave.
Oh, your beanie fell off, yeah, and, our, and our, I think we're breaking up, too. Yeah. It's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to do. Okay, I'm going to stop recording. Okay.